welcome to Pet Biz Pep Talk, where we talk to the world's leading experts in the pet grooming industry. I'm your host, Georgia Gill from Savvy Pet Spa. Thank you for joining me today. Today, we're going to be talking to someone that's got 35 years experience in the pet grooming industry. She's won multiple awards. Her company, Absolutely Animals, is known worldwide. Heidi Anderton, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, tell me, first of all, how did you get started in the pet grooming industry? Um, I actually did start in boarding kennels, and um, I was probably there for me a year when I was uh, well, 16 years old. And uh, while I was at the kennels, I had the opportunity to go on a dog grooming course because they had a, a grooming salon there as well. So I did go to um, Jill East's uh, Canine Comforts in Hounslow, and as soon as I started, I thought, nope, this is it. This is what I want to do. You know, this is so much more working closely with the dogs in their space. And, um, uh, yeah, I just loved it from the word go, really. How did that progress onto you having a, an amazingly successful business nowadays? Because you've been in the industry for over 35 years, haven't you? I have, yeah. I, I actually left those kennels, came back to London and got a job in a dog grooming salon where they um, uh, carried on the teaching from the school. Um, and then I left there and I ran a, a grooming salon for a year. And um, I was doing some home grooming. I mean, back then there wasn't any internet, people have to remember. <laughs> and also, um, you know, we didn't know... I didn't know there was a dog grooming qualification um, for quite a while. So uh, that spiked my interest when I heard that. So I um, uh, did the qualification while I was doing home grooming, going to people's houses, grooming their dogs. And it was actually my vet that I, I, I was going to my vet. He was the one really that inspired me to open the shop. Um, I was going to his salon, grooming dogs there and grooming dogs under anaesthetics. And, and he said to me, you know, he wanted to open me up in his surgery, but it was quite a small place. So um, uh, I said to him, the hairs are just going to be everywhere, you know. Um, so uh, it was him that inspired me. He did me a really nice bank referral as well. And um, I actually went through the Prince's Youth Business Trust to um, learn the business planning side of it and to um, get some startup money, which I got in a part loan and part grant through the Prince's Youth Business Trust. Um, and it all kind of started like that. I opened my shop and then three weeks later found out I was pregnant. So I had three children through my succession of opening a business, which wasn't the best planning. Um, but but how we made it, you know, we got through. So um, I'm really pleased about that. Did you ever imagine that your business would grow to be um, as big and as successful as it has been? Uh, I really didn't know. I mean, I, I, I never really looked at progression five or 10 years down the road. I mean, I, I come from really the passionate side of dog grooming, just wanting to work with dogs. I was never a business person or even envisaged myself being any kind of business person. Um, and it's just grown that way. And it, it, if I could look back in hindsight and change some of the things, then I would do that. But we see back then we didn't have the internet any information we were getting was you had to go out and get it to courses or 
you know, magazines and papers or library. Um, uh, so it wasn't really at your fingertips like it is today, you know. Today it's it's a breeze, isn't it? I mean, how much of a difference has things like the internet made? Oh, masses, masses of different. I mean, that's really helped us to progress faster than we did before. Um, uh, and also now I've probably got more of a business mind now. Um, I've learned a lot by trial and error. I've, I've learned a lot by mistakes over the years. And um, <clears throat> this is why I'm so interested in qualification and training so that people aren't learning by mistake, that they're actually getting the information from the get-go and succeeding. That That's what, you know, I, I want now is for other people to succeed because we can't groom them all. I mean, we can't even train everybody. So, you know, the more people that are out there grooming, the, the better. So tell me about Absolutely Animals. What is it that you offer and what, what, are you, what are you putting out there for people starting off in the industry? What kind of help can they um, gain from you guys? Well, they can gain from our probably 50-odd plus years experience between us all. I mean, this is really the most important thing when you're going to learn is to learn from people who have got experience because it's that experience that is going to set you off on the right pathway. Um, uh, and, you know, when you when you go on a course, you, you need to be open and you need to engage and you need to listen. That's, that's really important as well. Um, I mean, we've trained all sorts of people, police officers, uh, prison officers, ambulance, paramedics, teachers, uh, so many people changing their vocation. And tell me, um, tell me about what kind of clients that you've had through the door. Have you, you've, you've obviously had famous clients come through the door. What was your favourite or most famous uh, person that you've had? Um, we did George and, you know, George and Mildred. Yeah. Uh, they had a fox terrier. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we have some uh, that have come come and gone over the years. We've done some politicians' dogs as well. And um, uh, uh, although we don't get all the famous ones, uh, they're mostly really inner London. So how much competition is there? You're based in London. There must be a lot of competition. Is there enough groomers to go around all the dogs? Oh, definitely. I mean, we've just got dogs coming out of our ears. I mean, we're actually in the process of opening another shop because we just can't uh, squeeze any more pets into our premises because we're open six days a week already and we're kind of busting there. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of places. I mean, you know, groomers, like I say, that if they come from a place like me where it's really about uh, compassion and um, uh, passion they're maybe not so great business people so a lot of businesses do open and shut since I've been there but you do have to adapt you know if you want to succeed and you want to have longevity you just have to adapt and the Covid has had a big impact on the industry insofar as you seem to be inundated with with clients lots of more people have got dogs haven't they yeah, I think about three million more dogs were bought or something through COVID. So it's um, uh, a lot of uh, cross poodles. Um, so we have a cross poodle everything now coming through the door, which is uh, which is great because they all 
uh, have hair and that grows and, and we need to do that. And I'm very much in favour. I mean, I'd probably never live without a dog. You know, I think they're really good for your soul and um, uh, for your well-being. So I'm really up for everybody having a dog if they can manage a dog. Um, uh, but, you know, poodles are a very sensitive breed. They're sensitive in their um, their body, like sensitive to touch, and they're also sensitive in their demeanour and in their soul. Um, and you have to think about these things when you're grooming them. And you breed poodles, don't you? Standard poodles, yeah. But I've had miniature poodles as well. I mean, we have a lot of poodles come in our shop and a lot of poodle crosses because we specialise in poodles and scissoring. Um, and um, uh, so we get all, uh, loads and loads of poodle crosses. Um, uh, I mean, I, I love them all, really. It's, um, you know, they all have their funny little quirks as well. But you really do have to... Um, think about the feelings of the dog, how they're feeling. And if they're really sensitive, then you've got to take more time in doing them. And so that leads me on nicely, actually, Heidi, to ask you about pricing. It's it's a um, an issue with some groomers worrying about charging clients what what's rightfully should be charged for the amount of time that it takes to groom um, an animal. How do you, what advice do you give to people worried about overcharging, undercharging? Well, they've got to go back to trying to run a business. I mean, you, they do. And all of my students, do. they all do it. And I tell them time and time again to go away and charge the same. Don't undercut everybody in your area because you, 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 you're going to be working really hard for very little money. And uh, that doesn't make business sense, does it? Um, so, uh, you know, you end up having to do a lot more dogs. Those dogs... Uh, have less time to be spent on them and they'll often end up getting more stressed and the groomer will get more stressed so it just has no longevity you know you need to charge more money for less dogs take the time with those dogs have a nice usp for your business um, let people know what you're doing with the dog while they're there and having that dog going out happy um, is 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 the key goal isn't it what other challenging aspects are there of the industry um, in terms of running the actual business? Uh, I think uh, going back to pricing, a lot of the groomers, there's a lot of arguments that go on between groomers and clients. And I think the clients aren't educated enough into uh, the pricing and how it works. And so what we have done to avoid arguments, because that's what you want to do. You, you don't want any arguments with people. Uh, I certainly don't. So we have made a price list of the techniques that the dog has. So if it's clip and scissor or hand stripping or scissor all over, and we've added uh, a to and from price and we include the height and the weight of the dog as well. So the dogs go from small, medium, large and extra large. Um, and because they have a to and a from price, it means that um, they know, actually, it could be 65, but it could be 85. So it gives me a little bit of a leeway if the dog's taking extra time that day or the dog's got fleas that day or the dog's got more mats that day, um, that I can actually change the price and say, well, actually, he's going to be this today because, you know, you went to the seaside, you, you, he went in the sea, he had a great week, but no one brushed him or washed him. So now he's matted, you know, and now that takes extra time to get out. That's going to cost you some more money. I just think that 
If you have a two and a from price for us, it works fantastically to avoid any confrontations and arguments. And um, uh, the owners can actually see why they're being charged more. How helpful do you think business management systems like Savvy are for the industry? Well, I think for us, it's fantastic. I mean, it's uh, we we had an online system before, and I literally had to really have somebody else that somebody else taking uh, writing down all the notes in it and uh, letting us know what the dogs were. So it was actually really taking a member of staff to uh, use it every day, which isn't. It means we've got to make their money, you know, so it just wasn't working. But so I got rid of the online system and I went back to card system. But now the great thing about Savvy, what they've done is they've got the customer portal. So actually, although the people can book online, which is great, um, when they came in, we'd still have to be sitting there typing in all their details. But now we don't need to do that because the client can do it themselves. Uh, This makes much better sense for us um, financially and time-wise as well, because obviously time is a a big issue uh, in grooming salons. Uh, I I mean, I absolutely love the Savvy. I think it's uh, a no-brainer for every groomer to have it, uh, especially if you've got quite a big clientele. How important, and you've won a lot of these, are awards in the industry, do you think, and getting yourself out there on social media and all that kind of thing? Um, I think uh, awards are important probably throughout your whole career. Um, They uh, give you a really good feeling of accomplishment. Um, But as well as that, they inspire people. They inspire other people. And that, I think, is should be really the basis of it, to inspire others to achieve and to keep learning and to keep progressing forward up the ladder, if you like. Your business is known uh, in other countries around the world as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I that, mean that's, a, that's a massive achievement. How, how, how do you think, what, what is the key to your success? How, how has it worked so successfully for you? Um, I mean, I, I have uh, students from across the world. I've had got, uh, students, three, four in Mumbai, in India. I have um, somebody from Jordan, Denmark, you know, Sweden. I mean, people do come uh, from across the board. And I think probably because they've seen me in the competing arena um, because I did compete for quite a long time. Um, I got the bug for that. And once you do get the bug, it's really hard to to shake it off, really. (laughs) Um, uh, But I shall be judging at a show in... um, uh Preston next weekend a dog grooming competition I think it's called the uh the great dog grooming uh uh bake off or something (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so that that's going to be fun um and it's really nice I, I like doing that because one it still gets me out there to the shows but it does it's really nice to be able to help other people and look at their work and give them tips to how they can make their work better and progress. And we see that's where I started from. And I I really loved it because it's really nice having somebody else go over your work because groomers are often very isolated in their work. So somebody isn't actually looking over it saying, oh, actually, if you do this, this will visually, you know, really make that dog stand out. And, And that's what we really want as groomers because 
we're really looking for the wow factor. You know, we want somebody across the parts to make a beeline for someone and say, oh, my God, your dog looks fantastic. Where did you have it groomed, you know? And uh, and to do that, really, the dogs need hair on them, so and they need to be shaped. So um, to, to inspire and to help other people do that um, is... Uh, a really great opportunity for for me and for anybody in their lifetime. What's your favourite award that you've won so far? What was your proudest kind of pinch me moment? Well, funny enough, and it was a second place that I got in a show in Belgium. So I went to Belgium not to compete at all. And um, so I didn't have any equipment or anything with me. And I was kind of headhunted by this lady with this standard poodle saying, you know, I want you to groom my dog. And I looked at her dog and I thought, oh, wow, this is this is a bit of a challenge, you know. And at first I said, no, I'm not here to compete. I'm just, like, you know, looking, uh, having a look around and watching the show. But she got me in the end. She said, you know, I'll pay for the equipment and anything you need and your entry and everything. So I said, okay, then. So I went to her kennels that night, washed and dried the dog, uh, told her that I was going to have to change the haircut on it because, um, you know, its its ears were really half eaten away and its tail was disappearing. <laughs> and um, and I, I did the champion class, which probably had, uh, then it was toys, miniatures and standards, probably had 40 people in it, uh, all champion groomers from around the world. And uh, and I, I got second place there. And that, that, to be honest, was probably the most... Um, chuffing moment of my life where I, you know, in the competing world, um, because I hadn't prepared that dog, you know, I hadn't gone there with the, prepared it for months or anything like that. It was, you know, off the cuff dog I'd never met before. So, um, uh, so that, that was a really, um, a really great moment. Do you have an awards uh, cabinet? Yes. A big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you end up getting so many rosettes and trophies that you you do really need to minimise to the best ones. Um, I mean, that's what I've done because they, they do get tatty and, you know, uh, hairy as well on the walls. So some of them I've had mounted in uh, behind frames, um, you know, the most prestigious ones, the... Uh, the, the show wins and also um well I went to America so I um kept those ones so the, the nostalgic ones that are, have really good memories what are the kind of trends in the industry at the moment um the trends at the moment actually I think I mean for what I see is actually new equipment and new products it, there seems to be a real focus at the moment on new products and new uh, new techniques to make the grooming easier at, for the dog and easier for the person and all uh, for the groomer and also um, uh, to stop the dog getting knotted between the visits. This is the big goal: is that a dog can go four and six weeks and not come in matted the next time. Um, uh, so for me, that that's that's the goal, really. So I'm always looking for new products, and I think the industry really is tending to that. And also, um, uh, it's looking a lot more at the emotions of the dog and how the dog feels throughout the process, and making the process nicer for the dog. 
So we have gone right back to that again, which I think is really great for this industry. Uh, and it's something we all need to be looking at. But to do that, we need to be charging reasonable prices. And the, the, the public needs to be educated on what goes on in a grooming salon and how um, how their dog, what their dogs actually have to go through, you know, what their dogs are seeing, hearing and feeling while they're while they're going through that. So we have a big emphasis on the emotions of the dog, absolutely animals. And we've changed a lot of the techniques and procedures to make it easier for the dogs. Um, but this is something that it's a lot easier to do when you're actually when you're watching other people do it. And you think, okay, how can we make that easier? And um, and it's a lot easier maybe to to implement different techniques and stuff that way. Um, but we pass all that on to our students, and they go out grooming in that way. So there, there's a, a like I say, a massive emphasis on the emotions of the dogs, and I think that needs to be paramount before um, the final look of the dog. I mean, are there many dogs that actually come in first time and love being groomed? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we probably groom 60 or 70 dogs a week. And out of those 60 or 70 dogs a week, we have a list of dogs that are really aggressive. They've got real issues. And there's probably about 10 or 11 of them. And they can't be done by the, the in the in the learning environment. They need to be done on a one-to-one with an experienced groomer. So really to think that actually all the rest of the dogs, the learners are doing or they're taking part in, um, uh, I, I'd say that there aren't that many that really don't like it. Um, uh, but it's how you do it. That's that's what makes the difference. I mean, you know, I have dogs come to me from the other side of London because everyone there's banned this dog. And, it, and so I know that before the dog comes in, but I think, okay, I'm going to change some of the routine and the techniques for this dog. And uh, one of those things could be as simple as putting a, a cloth over the end of the shower um, when I'm bathing it. And the dog will look up and say, oh, it's never felt like that before. You know, that's nice. And then we, we go on from there and we reassure them and we use different techniques, maybe towel dry instead of using a blaster. Um, and we get a completely different response from the dog. So actually, there was never anything wrong with the dog at all in the first place. It's just learning how to um, how to see that the dog's uncomfortable with some of the uh, techniques that we're using or the environment. Your, your, it's a bit of a family affair, your business, isn't it? Your daughter, is it your daughter Christine's involved heavily? Uh, my daughter, Christine, and my son, Callum, He's Christine's been with me uh, for 10 or 12 years now since I don't know, she was 16. Yeah, so 12 years. She's 28 now. And um, she is she does compete. Right? She's in the champion class and she's fantastic scissorer. Um, she does... Uh, fantastic grooms actually so it's, it's very nice to be able to hand the baton over <laughs> to them and uh, my son Callum he started three years ago and he now has his level three city and guilds and he's now passing on the knowledge to students as well uh, he's absolutely doing fantastic um, and on top of that, I've got my other son, Perry, who I've now drafted in to help with the admin side of it. <laughs> I love it. 
completely family affair, but it's fantastic. I love it. It's really good having them so close and all having the same goal, if you like, you know. When you're not grooming animals and doing the business side of things, what do you guys do as a family, perhaps, to to chill out and get away, get away for a bit? Well, we do all the uh, the normal stuff that uh, you know family would have, you know, bowling and cinema and stuff like that. And um, we, um, I mean, I I like doing my garden now, so I've started, you know, doing a bit more gardening and. Um, uh, uh, and you know, do, growing my roses, which uh, which I like doing as well. And um, we like travelling. I mean, I think Perry's going to come to me with the show next week, so we can uh, see the show and um, uh, see family. So I've got family up there as well. So we'll double that. Heidi, I want to ask you, um, you're a founding member of the British Isles Grooming Association. How do you get involved in things like that? Or just does someone ask you to do it? Or is it something that you were um, uh, always wanting to do? Um, I was asked to do it, to be part of it. And um, I, I was really pleased to do that because I felt that we needed uh, a choice. I think it's great to have a choice uh, of grooming associations um and uh it's a great place to network and meet other people who are um in the same business uh so that's really why i got involved in it there's a lot of um a lot of networking that goes on within the industry isn't there that's important isn't it especially as we've had um lockdown over the last year two years um with, with covid there's a lot of people that have suffered actually from, from mental health issues and stuff like that. And I think that they've gleaned support from the from the, the community. And, and it's nice to know that everyone is in the same boat kind of thing. Mm. Um, well, they are. I mean, there were some uh, ruffled feathers at the beginning because the grooming industry wasn't um, included, really. It came in such a grey area um, of can you open or can't you? And it really came down to, it depends how you're offering your service. If you're going around in a van, there's just you and the dog in the van, then yes, you can do it. But if you've got a shop, you've got a shop, you know? Um, so that was really caused probably a lot of issues um, uh, in the industry. And uh, it really wasn't very nice to see. Um, and also, there was a lot of problems because a lot of people weren't supported in their business because I, they didn't get the money from the government because either they hadn't been open three years or they weren't um, putting their books through properly. Um, uh, I mean, there were various reasons why people weren't funded by the government, you know, to close. Um, so, of course, that caused issues as well. Um, uh, and then... You know, we lobbied CFSG continually about the situation that we were seeing from the ground floor um, to go to the government to actually either put us on the close or open list. Um, but obviously, we we needed to be open. We couldn't be we couldn't be shut forever. At the beginning, we didn't really know what this virus was, did we? Um, so. You know, we I, I was definitely in favour of shutting for six weeks because um, I didn't really feel that there would be an animal welfare issue um, uh, 
if we were all going to turn into zombies, you know? I mean, we didn't know what it was. Um, but as we've started to go through the pandemic, I think we've started to realise that we can control it. Um, we can control it by washing our hands, wearing the face masks and, you know, taking um, uh, uh, measures to to make sure that it isn't being passed on. And uh, I think then we, we were like, actually, we should be open because, you know, um, uh, you know, shutting for six weeks is one thing, but then shutting for months or years is something else. I mean, that's just no way that that was going to be able, able to happen because there are a lot of people who can't maintain their dog's coat. Or there are a lot of dogs that that need uh, regular seeing to that their owners can't do that. So yeah, you know. I bet you saw some horror stories come through the door after after lockdown, didn't you? I, I've got to say that I I don't think I really did. We did we we actually commented on how well people had looked after their dogs. Well, I can't say that. Yes, we might have had to clip some off that we might not usually have clipped off, but the dog wasn't in any distress or pain or anything like that. You know, I think it takes a lot longer for them to, for the coat really to um, uh, to, to affect their health. The only part of them really was the nails and in front of the eyes and around the bottom, you know? So um, uh, that made even those dogs a welfare issue because, you know, if you can't see, then you're not going to behave and you're going to just bump into things, you know? So um, that, that was important that they were groomed. So as a result of that and looking forward to the future, um, it's actually been, the industry as a whole is actually very healthy at the moment. There's a lot of people wanting to get involved in it and start their own businesses. Yeah. You've seen the mistakes. You, you mentioned earlier you made mistakes yourself as you were starting out. What are the common pitfalls people need to avoid when starting out? Uh, one is to make a business plan. Two is to charge enough money and actually maybe have a buffer in your own bank account so that don't rely on an overdraft, make your own overdraft so that you can at least uh, practice for three months without um, uh, without having any money coming in. Especially if you're a, a sole groomer, um, you need to also put into your business plan holidays and being sick and dare I mention a pension I mean you know groomers should still be having pensions you know if we're not charging enough money that we can't put into a pension or that we can't um, have a holiday or actually be off sick then what are we doing you know these three areas you, you really do need to be highlighted and you know people have to ask themselves some tough questions and get tough with the customers because you know we're not low low class or something you know um uh, groomers actually are entitled to a decent standard of living like everybody else even though they're offering a service and in fact services are usually cost more money than than less but we still seem to be as an industry having difficulty of um charging one of the one of the things as well that i recommend to people is to have a minimum price so that you know if your minimum price is 50 pounds i mean better to groom a 50 pound dog on the table than have a, a 20 pound one 
I mean, you know, it's just no brainer, really. I just think, uh, you know, minimum price is really important and deposits as well, taking deposits. But definitely, yeah, definitely a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a forecast, a business forecast. And just finally, Heidi, um, what is in the future for you? What have you? What are your goals, your aspirations for the next few years? Um, to hand over the baton. Have <laughs> um, a <the> day. <laughs> over the baton, and to watch my children succeed in running the business, and um, and enjoy it as well, because I want them to enjoy it. You know, it is an enjoyable business if you. Um, if you get the costings right, you, you have to get the costings right. Otherwise, the, the business is, is very limited. You're just not going to last long. Heidi, thank you very much for your time today. It's been brilliant speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I, I hope I can give something to somebody to go away and think, yes, I'm going to do that. And that will make it all worthwhile. And if you'd like to find out more about how you can benefit from one of the best business management systems in the industry, head over to our Facebook page. We'd love it if you give us a like and a follow. You can follow us on Instagram or click on the link below to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Savvy Pets Bar. Thanks so much for joining us today. See you soon.